it's that time, New Year's Eve. Tonight on Wonderful Life, I'm gonna share with you the recipe for having a wonderful New Year's. So stay tuned. I'm Mary Dittman. For years, I struggled with being unhappy because I'm single and I don't wanna be. But I've learned how to be happy while I'm single. If you're ready to find peace as a single woman, you're ready for a wonderful life. Hi, I'm Mary Dittman. I'm an award-winning business professor on the collegiate level and the creator of College on Fleek and Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life is my way of describing how it feels when you've made peace with being single. Now, I know there are plenty of women out there who love being single and don't want a relationship or maybe don't want to get married or married again but I've never felt that way. I've always wanted to be married and have a family. I'm well over 40 and that has never worked out for me and for a long time that was a real source of sadness for me because part of my definition of a fulfilled life includes being a wife and a mother. But I really just wanted to have peace in my life and to be happy and I realized I needed to figure out how to be happy even if I stayed single because the singleness did not seem to be changing. And that's what Wonderful Life is about. It's not about being happy because you're single. It's about learning to be truly happy while you're single. And then hopefully your Mr. Wright will come along and you won't be a part of this tribe anymore. But until then, we are here to support you in finding that happy, fulfilling life, even if you don't have the husband and family that you long for. The holidays can be a very tough time when you're single. For me personally, I'm not a huge fan of the holidays. It's frequently a painful time for me because everything that we see is a constant reminder of love and romance and children and family and it just a lot of times brings up some very painful emotions for me. I know not everybody feels that way, but I also know some people do. Just because you're married and have children doesn't mean that you love the holidays either. So I'm not under the illusion that having a husband and or children would mean that I would have terrific holidays. There are blessings and challenges in every situation. You might want to go back and take a look at some of our episodes for our holiday survival guide. But tonight, we're going to talk about how to have a wonderful New Year's. Now, I love New Year's Eve. It is straight up my favorite holiday, bar none. Well, I, I like Groundhog Day too. Nope, New Year's Eve, definitely my favorite. And the reason New Year's Eve is my favorite holiday is because I love having a plan, I love setting goals, I love making strategies to achieve things, and I love the feeling of a fresh start. In fact, one of the things that I love about being a university professor is every time we have a new semester, I get a fresh start, and I really love that. Now, over the years, I've had a lot of different New Year's Eve experiences. If you go back and watch the episode on my worst New Year's Eve, you'll see a time when I had a date. I was with someone that I was very much in love with, and it was the worst New Year's ever. And I've also had dates that were fun. I've thrown New Year's Eve parties. I've hung out with my friends. I've gone to parties. I've gone to big events and, and galas. 
So I've, I've done a lot of different things. I've traveled, I've stayed home, I've been with my family, I've been by myself. And over the years, I've created some very specific New Year's Eve traditions that I'm gonna share with you tonight in case you would like to use any or all of them. And by the way, the majority of Americans report that they spend New Year's Eve at home, on the couch, watching the ball drop on television with or without friends. And many Americans, if they stay up until 12 midnight, just stay up long enough to say Happy New Year and go right to bed. We are sold this idea that everybody is out there having a fun time. Everybody is celebrating and there's a big party, but you're missing out. But don't worry, buy all this stuff and you'll feel included. So one of the big parts of my New Year's experience is my journal. And I have kept a journal for years and I am a faithful journal writer. I write in my journal every morning and frequently more than once a day if I'm going through something, if I'm trying to process something, certainly if I'm bothered or upset by anything, I will journal frequently. And I keep all of my journals and to me it's really helpful to go back and see how did I handle a certain situation or what was my thought process in this event or even how far have I come. So journaling is a great way to just get things out of your head and make sense of them and capture them on paper. If you don't have a journal, I would recommend that you get one. And you can get a journal at a dollar store or at a discount store. Certainly you can get a nice, fancy, expensive journal. If you don't have a journal, you could just use a spiral notebook. I'm a fan of the old-fashioned pen and paper. I think there is something very special about writing on paper. It's a different experience than typing on a keyboard and it just helps me connect more deeply with myself. But there's no right or wrong way to journal. You should do what you want to do. I'm just sharing what works for me. I mentioned that I've had a lot of different types of experiences on New Year's Eve and honestly, really and truly, I can tell you that my favorite way to spend New Year's Eve is by myself and doing the things that I'm going to share with you tonight and just being in my home and really setting myself up for success for the year to come. That is my preference and that's not something I'm making up just because, well, I'm single and I don't have a date, so I'll just tell everybody I'd rather be by myself. I love New Year's Eve. I look forward to it, and I'm, this is why. There are five things that I like to do every New Year's Eve. Number one, I like to review the outgoing year. I will get out my journal from December 31st of the previous year, and I will look back over what happened over the year. I'll look and see how I did regarding the goals that I had set for myself. And I have to say, I'm, I'm a goal setter and, a, and I stay focused on my goals. I know some people just set a goal on New Year's and then they really never look at it again. But for me, I'm a real like yearly, monthly, weekly, daily goal kind of person. So I'll look at how did I do against what I wanted for the year but I will also journal 
and do like a recap of the year. Sometimes I'll get my calendar out so I can refresh my memory and I'll just write about what were the highlights, what were the lowlights, what went on during the year that was impactful for me. I like to see how far I've come. I like to consider the lessons that I've learned. The second thing I like to do is set my goals for the upcoming year. And see, I love this because to me, it doesn't feel like, oh, I've got to set a resolution or, oh, I need to get it together. To me, goal setting feels like, let me just dream and let me see. The way I ask myself is, one year from now, what do I want to have felt or experienced or done in the year? Most personal development programs will give you some kind of a life evaluation where you look at all the different areas of your life and then you rate them or evaluate them. And most of them include a love and marriage category. And I would just, because a lot of them will say rate yourself on a 1 to 10. 10 is like the best, everything's great, couldn't get any better. 1 is it's really awful and you wish it would change. And whenever I would look at love and marriage, I would be like zero, like ah, I can't stand it. And then I would always look at that and always feel like this is a huge problem in my life. Now, a lot of personal development programs say anything in that assessment that you scored low on, and sometimes they'll give you a number, then that's where you need to put your focus. Well, the issue with love and marriage, if you're a single person and you say, okay, I really want my, I wanna have a love life or I want to get married, is that that is not 100% within your control because there's another person involved. Now, you could say some things like, I'm going to start dating, or I'm going to call all of my friends and have them set me up with people. But ultimately, you cannot control whether or not you get married because the other person gets a vote. And most experts will tell you that you should really only be setting goals that you can control. For example, you would not want to set a goal that would say, my goal is that my son gets into UCLA because you can't control whether or not your child applies, wants to go to UCLA, gets in, anything like that. Your goal with respect to that area could be, my goal is to support my son fully in whatever decision he makes and to do everything I can to help him through this process because he might decide he wants to go in the military. So you see what I'm saying? That you, you wanna be careful with goal setting, that if your goal depends on another person, you setting yourself up for disappointment. So for me, with love and marriage, I finally got to the point where I said, you know what? I'm not gonna have that category because I don't have a husband and I don't have children and frankly, I am not gonna go back on the dating scene. I'm not willing to do the things that I have been doing in the past to try to have this. I don't wanna do it anymore. So I just now, I've taken that off my list. And now I look at other things like my spiritual life, my inner life, my physical health, my finances, my career. I look at my relationships with my family and my friends. 
and I look at, for example, personal development. What do I want to learn? How do I want to grow? And it's up to you what areas you look at, but don't include areas that just make you feel bad about yourself or that you have no control over. But I love setting goals because it's really a time to dream and say, what in a year from now, what would I like things to be like in my life in these different areas? And then I just capture that writing it down in my journal. From there, I will look at, okay, so this is what I want. And then I do start looking at, well, how am I going to make this happen? And I won't get into goal setting and strategies and tactics in this video. And there's plenty of information out there and maybe in a future video, I can share those things with you. But it's really just a time for me to think about the year ahead and what would I like my year to be like. Number three, I like to eat a healthy meal. I know New Year's Eve because it's sort of the last hurrah of the holidays. Of course, champagne is a tradition on New Year's Eve and many people eat as they do during the holidays, so they might overindulge in the food. I live in the South right now and the traditional meals here include black-eyed peas and collard greens and cornbread. But if you've ever woken up on New Year's Day with either a champagne hangover or any alcohol hangover or a food hangover, it's just a crummy way to start the new year. And I almost feel like a food hangover is the worst if you've overdone it with the salt or the sugar and you wake up and you're just so inflamed and just bloated and huge and you feel so sluggish and yucky. So I like to spend New Year's Eve being healthy. I don't drink and so I don't have to worry about champagne. If you're a drinker, maybe you could limit yourself to one glass. If you can take it or leave it, maybe you'll leave it. Or maybe you have a one glass of a sparkling cider. So I will make sure on New Year's Eve that I am eating healthy through the day and I'm setting myself up to really feel fantastic on New Year's Day. All right, speaking of New Year's Day, that's the fourth thing. I work out. I will work out on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day. Now, not necessarily at night on New Year's Eve, but at some point on the 31st, I work out. Many times the gym might be closed. Don't let that stop you. Now, I like workout DVDs. I will work out at home. I love to work out at home, but I understand that for some people, one, it's hard to get motivated and it's hard to really want to do it. Or two, if you have children, sometimes it's just you don't have the space or the time or just the privacy to work out at home. But you could go for a walk or maybe a run. I mentioned DVDs, which is pretty old school. I even still have some VHS tapes. But you can sign up for a subscription service. Beachbody and Jillian Michaels have workout subscription services, but you don't even have to do that. Hello, YouTube is free. You can go on YouTube and find anything. Pilates, yoga, kickboxing, HIIT training. You could just do some light stretching. By the way, sometimes gyms or boutique studios or yoga studios will be open 
on New Year's Day because they know that there are people who want to start the year off with a workout. Of course, before you start any exercise or nutrition program, you should consult your medical professionals and work with your medical team to find the program that's going to be the safest and the healthiest for you. And obviously, if you haven't worked out in three years, don't set yourself up and say you're gonna go for a five mile run. It's not about killing yourself with a workout, it's just move, just move and, and get things going. I purchased a rebounder a couple of years ago. That's one of those little small trampolines. I bought it on Amazon for like 40 bucks. I love that thing. And it's very little stress or impact on your joints. Again, check with your doctor, but there are a lot of options out there. Number five, throw a party, go to a party, be your own party. It's really your definition of what would be fun. Maybe it's lying on the couch and having a movie marathon. Maybe it's binging on some Netflix. Maybe it's going to a party. Maybe it's having some friends over. Maybe it's having an Uno game challenge. Maybe it's cleaning out your closets. It doesn't really matter. Whatever would bring you a sense of joy and set you up for success in what would put you in a good space moving into the new year. Like I said, for me, it's the things that I just shared with you. That is my tradition now on New Year's Eve and I love it. I look forward to it every year. So I wanna wish you a very happy new year and I hope that this will be a wonderful year for you. Wonderful Life is a dialogue, not a monologue, and we wanna hear from you. So let us know, what are you struggling with or what would you like to have help with? As always, you can connect with us at wonderfullife.com and be sure to join us next week right here on Wonderful Life.